0: I'm going to share briefly tonight and then open up for discussion, and we'll be out of here by 8.30, I promise you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for those of us that need to go home and eat dinner. Yeah. Yeah. Someone someone asked me, what time are you going to be, what time is this thing going to be out tonight? I said 8.30. The person said 8.30. She probably thought I said 9.30. <laughs> and her face changed like, Jesus, you mean I will not be able to eat dinner yet? <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> Amen. And so I, I, tonight I just want us to go back again to the foundational teachings that we had last week. I believe that these teachings are something that we need to really bring before us all throughout this year. Because I believe without a shadow of a doubt that when we grasp this, the truth that we're taught, and we, 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 we lean on it by the strength of the Holy Spirit, we will definitely see changes in our lives. Amen? And, and so tonight I want to take it from where Pastor taught um, when he began to talk about works. Um, I remember he said that we cannot just be local, we have to be global. And he mentioned four points there um, about we praying, we going, we giving, we mobilizing. Um, those are the four points that he mentioned under that. And um, I just want to try and see if we can break that up a little bit in the world tonight. Because the truth is, we've heard a whole lot about how God loves us. And I want to believe that in this house, there's no shadow of a doubt anymore. That we've come to a place where we recognize that God loves us. That it's not me earning anything to get God's love. There's no condition to his love for me. He just loves me anyway. And it is because of that he has made me to sit down together with him. I want you think about that? He didn't just say, I love you and I give you salvation. He ended it by saying, you are seated together with him in the heavenly places. In other words, he's brought you to a place of position where you, where you have ownership, I, if I can use the word. He, he wants you to know that you have ownership of this world. That is why he says, he, where, that's why uh, Paul was say in the book of First Corinthians, he would say that um, you own the world. The world is yours. The things present is yours. The things that are in the, in the future is yours. He says light is yours. Darkness is yours. And he says you are Christ, and Christ is God. In other words, you are all one together. And so I, I want us to look at what does it mean then for us to take this love that we have and translate it to works. Remember we said that works has nothing to do with you trying to earn your way with God. I don't, I don't love my sister in order to earn my way to God. I don't share my worldly goods with my sister in other for me to earn my way with God. I remember some time ago, I went to a burial, and we're standing there, and um, the daughter of the person that passed came to me, and said, you know, my dad built this, and my dad did that, and because of that, I know he's going to heaven. And I already knew this truth. I just could not say anything. I just nodded my head, too. I said, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, is he in the burial? You want to be telling somebody that is grieving that your (laughs) dad... Your (laughs) dad... If I, you'll be the one that
1: they will bury that after.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I just, I just zipped it. <laughs> but I'm saying that to say that the, the, what, the consciousness of what we need to carry is this. The Bible says to whom much is given, much is now required of the person. In other words, if you've gotten a deposit of God's love, by all means, God is asking, give that same love out you receive grace give out grace but you don't give out grace now to get grace you give grace because you already have grace you give love because you already have love and that is the reason why your love tank can't grow out because your source of love has nothing to do with earning because if it's to do with earning By the time I give it to Sister Lillian, and the next day she comes, she does not greet me. Then we are in trouble. Because somehow, somehow, if it has to do with earning, then my tank of love is going to go dry. Because if I don't like her for what she just did, then I'm in trouble. But let us break this down from the book of Hebrews, please. Hebrews in chapter 13. If you have a subheading, the whole of Hebrew here... Yes, I don't know who the writer is. Everybody saying whether it's Paul, whether it's Barnabas. It doesn't matter as long as it's the word of God and it speaks to my heart. Listen, let's go. So I'll use the phrase everybody uses, the writer of Hebrew. So the writer of Hebrew concluded by saying, Hebrews chapter 13, please. In this chapter, he was just talking. It's like somebody having received a lot of things from God started giving little pointers here and there on different aspects of life. That's what this writer did in chapter 13. I mean, because he started out saying, let brotherly love continue. Then he jumped again. Do not forget to entertain strangers. For by doing so, some have unwittingly entertained angels. Again, he went to verse 3. Remember the prisoners as if chained with them. Those who are mistreated, since you yourselves were in the body also. Then it jumps to marriage in chapter in verse 4. Marriage is honorable among all and the bed undefiled, but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. It jumps again. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be, con- be content with such things as you have. For he himself said, I would never leave you nor forsake you so you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. So on Sunday, I shared this scripture from verse 7. It said, remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. It went on. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It says, do not be carried about with various and strange doctrines, for it is good that a heart be established by grace, not with food, which have not profited those who have been occupied by it. Basically, what Paul is saying here, let your heart be established by grace. Everything you do, let it be settled in the grace. Let it not be because you earned it. Let it be because of somebody that has captured your heart, Jesus. That's all he's saying here. And then he now continues, I'm going to jump here because he he, he goes on about um, Christ being a sacrifice. Um, But from verse 15, it says, Therefore by him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Why do you give thanks? I give thanks because I appreciate all what God has done for me. Paul here is admonishing. Let it be something you continually do. Let there not be a, an end to it. Let it be a flow. Let it be a, a, a result of something you've earned, something you've gained from God. Amen? And now, it now says in verse 16, but, I mean, when you hear the word but, he's saying to you, pause. All of what I've said to you is good, but what I'm about to say to you is going to make the world of difference. Amen? He now says, but do not forget to do what? And to. He said, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Please, if I may beg your indulgence before we open this up, I want, to, I want to read this from the message translation. That thing blew me. In verse 16. He says, make sure you don't take things for granted and go slacking in working for the common good. Share what you have with others. God takes particular pleasure in acts of worship, a different kind of sacrifice that takes place in the kitchen and workplace and on the streets. It can't get any clearer than that. It defined. He said, but after I've said everything that I've said to you, the one thing I want to leave with you is this. Do good. In other words, let there be a walking of the grace you have received. Let there be an outworking of this grace you have received. And the only way this outworking becomes visible is when you begin to share yourself. You begin to share what you have. You begin to reach out To others. You you bring others to enjoy the goodness of God that you have enjoyed. It means, when I have $10, and I notice that my sister is in need of $5, I don't think about the $10, about how it's going to grow returns for me, I immediately think about being a help. When I think I come to the body of Christ, I'm a part of a fellowship in the church. And I'm hearing them say, they need help in children's ministry. They need help in, but I don't know, any ministry. Their joy now is to come and serve out of the grace that I've received. It's no longer that I'm doing it to please Pastor Bank. I'm excited to do it now because there is something that is in me that I want to impart into your life so that as I impart it into your life, you two can pay it forward to another because now it becomes a cycle of the goodness of God that we're all experiencing. That way I can no longer shut my ears to the need of my brother, to the need of my sister. I am willing and readily giving myself totally, not reservedly just completely giving myself towards this thing. So that we understand that grace is not now a luxury to sit down and enjoy myself. God love me. Because love is an action word. Love happens to be work by itself. The evidence of love is work. For God so loved the world, he gave. So having received the love of God, what I now do is to give that same love. And how do I give that love? The scriptures has has broken it down plainly to us by sharing. Giving yourself. So Paul said, okay, what the writer of Hebrews said, after everything I've said to you, here is the where the rubber meets the road. Do good. Go about doing the work. That's why James will say, faith without works is dead. I, I was talking to someone the other day. And um, they said to me, we're talking. And they said um, there was this sister... I mean, they didn't know what my response was going to be. They were just sharing anyway. They said to me, "Yeah, there was this sister. Can you believe it? I said, what happened? He said, you know, she only had 4000 in her account. And she, she said she was going on the street one day. And God told her, go give the 4000 This guy needs a car. I said, so he said, um, and she went and wrote, took the guy to the, um, to the bank, wrote out the check. I didn't see anything. I just said to him, I said, so you think she was stupid? He said, yeah, that's stupid. He said, you've not taken care of yourself. What do you mean? The girl is riding a bus, and she's going to buy a car for somebody? I said, well, if you look at it through the eyes of the natural man, it makes sense what you're saying. I mean, if I don't take care of myself, how will I be able to take care of of another? That's how the world thinks. But not quite two days later, he called me. He said, ah, I want to repent. I said, what happened that you want to repent? He said, ah, the story is not finished, of what I started out telling you. I said, so what happened again now? She said, do you know that the next day, a guy brought a brand new car to the girl in the house? I said, huh? He said, no, 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 don't even say huh, don't let it finish there. This girl was going out looking for a job. And the one she thought was the least they, that, would, that, that she would get an offer from, the one she actually thought she didn't perform at all, which was the one she was really looking for, but she gave up completely. They called her and gave it to her. I said, so what does that say to you? He said, ah, I need to give. I said, but hold on there. You're not going to give because you want to now get a car too. So you don't now take your money and say, hey, allow take Take 30000 Oh, God the way you did it for this sister, you must do it for me. You know? This one, I don't even want that small I want, car. I want a Porsche, you know? Hey, give me a Bentley. Bentley is fine, God. I said, so, that's not how it works. And so, it was an opening now for me to share what I know. And by the time we we're done, I think the Holy Spirit has stirred his mind. And I left the persuasion to the Holy Spirit to finish in his life. There was nothing more I could do. So what I'm saying is, as we begin to walk in step with the Holy Spirit, as we begin to give ourselves the willingness to say, God, here I am. Every day when I wake up, who do you want me to be a blessing to? I'm looking for the opportunity to be a blessing to somebody. I don't care if my account says it's $7, I'll just be a blessing anyway. Because for me, I'm not even looking for God to bless me with money. It's just knowing how liberated I am. When I look at my life seven years ago, eight years ago, and I look at my life today, just that liberation is okay for me. Every other thing pales in the sight of that. And that's what I'm saying. That to the degree that we have received this love, it is to that degree that we give that same love to everyone around us. So I'm going to open it up. Just want to hear your comments. If you have a testimony, because this is a family gathering together, let's just share. But here's what God has laid on my heart, based on what Pastor said, that after all has been said and done, you receive the grace for a reason. There is a reason. You become a conduit. That's all that God is asking. Amen? Anybody? Uh Uh-huh.
2: In that situation that you mentioned uh, about uh, the lady blessing this man uh, to get the car. It's so not to, get uh, car. to get the car? For to what? Himself, no. no, for she him, blessed. right?
0: Yeah, she just blessed the guy
2: now. She just, just blessed thing. him. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, at any rate, what came to me uh, when you were talking about that is that in any situation, sometimes it might seem far-fetched, but the key is listening to the Spirit of God, Him telling you what to do and not just thinking it through with your head and your mind. You'll see if God really impressed something like that on your heart to do it, and then you'll, you'll be okay and the blessings will come.
0: Now I want to try I want to try a question out there. Based on what Sister Barbara just Sister Lillian just said, I'm sorry. She said that you now give based on the prompting of God. Is that correct? So my question is is it always so? Should it always be so on the prompting of God I will give? Any takers
1: on that? I think giving is more dynamic than that. Okay. Tell me. I think giving is more dynamic than that. Talk to me. But the basis of giving, mm-hmm. what we need to get right. And that is love. There we go. Because once you get the basis of giving, mm-hmm. which is love, then um, you would know what to do in every situation. Sometimes it's compassion. Compassion. Sometimes you you are compelled. Sometimes you are prompted. So it's. The, I don't think there's any hard and fast rule yeah. to giving. Sometimes yeah. Oh, but you are just because I call that kind of answer for yourself. Mm-hmm. you. Know that that gift you are giving that person. Oh please. Is just by the wayside, no, no, no. you know. So I think the, the bottom line is okay, understand so that. What do
0: you mean by the wayside? Okay. Explain to me.
1: Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if I should say no return, but. Okay, someone give comes to account. you. Okay, let me what I let me give you an example. Someone comes to you and spins a story to you. Uh-huh. You know the story is he's just spinning a story, mm-hmm. but you know that if you don't give him money today. I'm using money now. It's not always money. But if you don't give him money today, he will come back again tomorrow or next week. And he'll give another story. And he's always borrowing money or whatever. So, to pay the ransom for your soul so that he will know, you give him something. He knows he cannot come back tomorrow. Because he's not going to pay back what he has borrowed. Now That's giving by the wayside. He's not... Even giving, borrowing, which are, when you are giving because you know he's not going to give you back. He's just spinning a story and telling you he's borrowing money. Do you understand? So giving is so dynamic that we need to be sensitive. Sometimes it's giving of your time. Sometimes it's giving of your talent. Sometimes it's stopping to say hello. You know, so it's, it's but, I, but I think if we understand that love is the basis, you're not giving because you want a reward. Like you said. You're just giving because God loves you and you're like, ah, I just need to flow out to somebody today. So I I think it's dynamic. Amen. And uh, any other person? I
0: just want to lay some emphasis here based on the, the comments that we heard. Paul here said, I said, I'm sorry again. He said, but do not forget to do good and to share for which such sacrifices God is well pleased. So basically what he's saying is, listen, just live a life that give, period. As simple. I mean, there are times there are going to be a prompting by God to give. And absolutely. Because don't forget, you're walking in step with the Holy Spirit. And so he knows if there's a need here. And because your heart is already disposed to giving, it's easy to get you to give to this person. You get what I'm saying? Unlike the person you go and ask ten dollars for and say, gee, okay, I'll give you one dollar. Just leave me alone, Jerry. You get what I'm saying? I mean, basically that person is not opening themselves up. Even when the Holy Spirit tells them, it's a lie. I'm I'm just hearing myself. It's a lie. It's not God telling me give, give which weed dollar. I mean, look at this guy, he's gonna go smoke weed now if I give it to him. No. And then we start giving the moral of the story behind why we should not give to the person. And it, it, it just comes down to have we received enough of the love of God to just give the love of God? Because that guy that is going to go smoke weed with your money, you don't know maybe that money just giving it to him, what God will do with it. Uh, But the key there is, it's not a matter of even knowing what they're going to do. It's a matter of,
1: listen, I'm I'm just blessed
0: by God. And I just want to be a blessing.
1: Yes, I have a question because this is a big issue for me. Expecting to receive when you give I absolutely have no expectations. I just give. But, you know, it's like, no, it's wrong. You should have expectations. I don't know. Should you really have expectations when you give? I don't even mean expectations of people giving you things back. But just give freely. If you get back, fine. If you don't get back, fine. I don't know if I'm making sense with mine. Yeah, you make sense. You have, so the question is... Even from God, th- when I serve, I don't expect... I mean, I'm not serving... <sighs> should you do things expecting a return? Let me put it that way.
0: Now, that that question has many levels to it. If you're going to ask me to answer that, I'm going to ask... Uh, I'm past all of everybody keeping... Uh,
3: um, but here's what... I would
1: say expectations from a human being. I would say probably no, but from God, yeah. Okay, so
0: now the question
1: is, what expectations? What the expectation? I mean, I I think for me of God, he he has already paid, um, you know, the price anyway. He has done it all. Yeah. So now I'm resting in Him. I know, regardless of whether I'm expecting or not, it's gonna bless me regardless. That is just my take with Him right now because. He loved me so much. No matter what I'm going through, no matter what I've done, he has paid the price. So I know he got my back. So I'm expecting, um, it's not really like I'm expecting because I'm giving for real, but I just think, you know, I'm resting in him. He got it anyway.
0: Yeah, I, I I'm with you on that.
4: Pastor Yeah, um you really said giving is a li- should be a lifestyle. Uh, because um, typically um, an oxygen tank uh, cost about um, $280. And this is what you breathe every second. And it comes freely. And so how, how, what can you give? If you count the number of days you've lived, and you count the number of seconds you've lived, what can you give that is actually a gift? Just a habitual life of giving. That's what I, I believe. It's. I mean, sometimes you don't even know why you stay alive when you see circumstances that people have gone through. Or why you have reached where you have reached. And you just, just give. And it's habitual, as I said. There are instances where God will be specific mm-hmm. on what you have to give and who. You have to channel your gift. But giving should be a lifestyle. And that's no thought of whether you get a return or not. Because you can't even pay for what you have received already. So what do you think? What what else, What else? return do you have? Or well, yeah. What do you expect? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how to explain it. But
0: yeah, I, I think that's... I think what it comes down to at the end of the day, um, based on what everybody is saying here is... As long as our expectation is not based on, I'm going to receive back because I give. And the expectation is, I'm in the hands of my father. And he he knows how to take care of me. I think that. But when we start talking about expectations, are you talking expectations in terms of relationships? Or are you talking expectations in terms of I sow into somebody's life? Say, for example, in a married in a married couple's life, there has to be some level of expectations um, between husband and wife. Um, I expect that my husband will be faithful to me. We took a vow together. Um, I expect that um, I don't know. My wife will cook by the time I get home. Yeah. Okay, so it's not an expectation. Pastor IBK. Okay, I expect that my husband will put the food for the money, the money for the food on the table. <laughs> That's an expectation. I guess what I'm saying is, in human relationship, I think to some extent there will be some sort of expectation. And I think where we normally cross the line is, if that person does not meet that expectation, where well, we get offended you get me. I think maybe that's where the line is. To do we then expect them to? Okay, let me let me let me let me let me rephrase what I'm about to say. In other words, if a human doesn't meet that expectation, the the thing is, do we not get offended to where? we lose our cool, we lose everything, because this one human being did not meet this particular expectation. Mm. Whereas, I see where you're coming from, K-N-D. Ultimately, it is God that fulfills all of us. You get what I'm saying? There are some needs. Say it again, please. But then, let's look at that scripture. Let's take that scripture within context. If you go there, G is 823. Luke 6, yeah. Let's go and look at it with, we, in the context of how Jesus gave that verse. Luke 6. 36. There we go. Okay, now, hear what it says here. In fact, let's start from verse 32. No, let's start from verse 31. Okay, I'm sorry. Let's start from verse 29. (laughs) I've become like my father. (laughs) You have to to at least... (laughs) It's in my DNA. Okay, so from verse 29. It says, To him who strikes you on one cheek, offer the other also. And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks you. And from him who takes away from you, I can't even see that again. For he who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For evil sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For evil sinners do the same. And if you lend to to those from whom you hope to receive back, the one you just talked about, what credit is that to you? For evil sinners, lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you'll be sons of your Most High. For he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful just as your Father also is merciful. So, okay, you want me to continue? Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Now, give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, will men put into your bosom. For with the same measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. Very simple scripture. You don't forgive men. Listen, at the end of the day, If, for example, let me give you a typical example. Because this time we're not saying God will not forgive you. That's not the equation at all. So say, for example, in in a situation like um, you you stepped on me. Oh, Pastor gave a good example last week. The guy that God forgave him for $1 Mm -hmm. turned around and said, the one that owes him $20, my friend, give it to me or I'm going to slash your throat. You get what I'm saying. it's that same measure. So you now find out, sometimes within a human uh, interaction, one with another, you find out that you now go to this other one, that one says to you, ah, listen, I saw you did this thing to the other person that day, boom. So what Jesus Christ is saying is, listen, as you've received the love of God, begin to give it out. Do not bring yourself down to the human level and relate to men on that. Because the truth is, um, what's this adage that they use out there? Um, you know, in Nigeria, there's this adage that says, "Connyman die, connyman bury him." You understand? So, in other words, it is a coniman and is a is a is a is a, a trickish human being that and a trickish human being that begin to deal with each other. You kind of figure yourself out. So the world's the world's reaction is, "Do it and I'll do it back. Do it this way, I'll do it back." It's a tit for tat. It's a tit for tat. But God's saying, "You have a different breed. You have a different pedigree." What you want? I need you to do is give without... I mean, that's why I kept giving the analogy. That's what sinners do. That's what sinners do. That's what sinners do. But in your case, it's a different case. Do not mete out judgment. I, I remember the first time I got to know Pastor Ban very well. He would always use this scripture. It says, to the pure, all things are pure. Mm-hmm. You understand? And, and so you bring a story and it says to you, maybe it's not that perspective. And many times you're looking, what in the world is he talking about? I mean, I'm looking at this perspective, and he's giving me a different perspective. But eventually, as you begin to look into the word, you begin to realize that that's God's perspective. Mm -hmm. It is to give people that opportunity to just receive the love and the grace that you have received from God. And just pour it into their lives. Amen? Any question? It's 827.
2: When I I was speaking about giving, I was speaking about someone who just come up to you out in the streets or something like that, and uh, you are determined to give them something based on what you feel led in your heart to do. But as far as your responsibility in a church or a home or whatever, you give automatically on a regular basis because you have that responsibility to do that, to support that house. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right?
0: (laughs) Pastor. In the
3: light of, I understand that Christians and we should reflect uh, Christ in everything that we do. But I still also think there's a time when you don't give. Like, there's a time when you are led, or either, actually, the Holy Spirit said no. Because I feel that also God will have a person come to the end of themselves like, this, like the prodigal son, if someone bailed him out, which is well, he went back to his father. But what if he had not come to, the, to his senses because someone was out there constantly still allowing him to live that lifestyle. Um, So I still think there's a time when the Holy Spirit will prompt you to say no, um, not to do so. Because the way we were talking tonight is like just give, 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 give because the need is there. Someone asked, (laughs) someone whatever, (laughs) just give it, give it, give it. Let Let me throw a
0: question at you. (laughs) The prodigal son, did you think the father knew he was going to squander that money?
3: I know the father knew he was going to squander the money. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if someone tried to intercede before he came to himself like wherever he was standing in the slaughter in the
0: pigs but I believe though Pastor Aaron, that is a working of God in that person's life and I think that um n- n- there's no human intervention that can stop that working of God in anyone's life and so we think many times is us by not doing something that will bring that person to their end whereas that's not how god relates okay. to us so you're saying yes, that, ma'am.
3: that um, when someone is uh, you know addicted on drugs mm-hmm. and they have asked you over and over time at the time for things not only asked you but actually still to to enhance that that habit and they're there asking you for certain things. I think God also give us wisdom. Instead of, I wouldn't give them money. I would probably give them food. Uh, yeah, stuff there we like go. that. At least but you're giving them no, something. No, no, no. Well, I'm not giving what they're asking for. They ask for money. Yeah. I and I do you. not give them money. Yes, I ma'am. would take care of a need that I think that they would say they need. Because you have people on the streets today. They say, I work for for a lunch. Well, no, I don't need you to work. Here's the lunch, yeah. but when they say give me money, and they are, because you have drug addiction, alcohol addiction, Absolutely. I go Absolutely. buy them the food, or yeah. either sometime I just let not to do it because there's also I see them leave the corner a bag and then they go get on the Cadillac. I
0: mean, because yeah, it's I mean,
3: skiing. So what I'm trying to say, I still think God gives us wisdom by the power of the Holy Spirit.
0: I do agree with and,
3: that. And um, I'm not just going to be scanned and used because I'm a giver. I'm a Christian.
0: I agree with that. I'm going to also just borrow the words of Pastor Bank. I think I'll rather err on the side of just being the child of God that I know I am. Um, and I do know situations like that happen. Somebody's addicted to drug and, you know, the best you can give them is maybe give them food. You already know. I mean, it's not a matter of fact that I see you wearing Gucci and you ask me for $10. I'll say... Heck no, you're wearing Gucci. I'm not giving you any ten dollars. You, <laughs> but we can move. <laughs> uh, don't do it. So, okay. I. It's happened before. Okay, hey, listen. It's, it's a matter of what God is saying to you. No, 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 it's okay. I'm not going to condemn that. I'm saying, when God is saying it, I can't tell you not to hear the, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit in that situation. I guess the bottom line of what I'm sharing tonight is this. The Bible says, as we have received grace, let us just give. The bottom line is, God is the most generous that all of us know. And if we are children of the most high, we're going to have the same heart. So if we have received of that from him, let us just give. So as the individual walks out, you understand, then let's leave that to the Holy Spirit as it begins to work that out in our lives. Amen. Amen. Let, let's just share the grace in the fellowship. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> the love of God. Oh, offerings, please. I'm um, on your way out, the offering.